Okay, we now welcome on to the program for the Week 13 preview, our current first place team, the brains behind the organization of, that is Mr. Jones and me. It is Drew Lebowski, back by popular demand to run through this week's matchups with me. Always a pleasure to have you on the program and, uh, yeah, just to be able to talk a little football, some back and forth. It's going to be coming down to the wire here in these last two weeks that we're looking pictures a bit more clear than it was, you know, a few weeks ago. We can we can see who's most likely to make it. And we, see, we can see the teams that are still vying for one of those last few positions. There's still a lot of uh, congestion in the middle, and this week's going to be a real deciding week that kind of says, like, who has a real shot to make it into the postseason. Yes, once again, uh, I cannot remember a, a season that we have had that has been so close and so exciting through and through. But there's not a single team that's running away with it. Um, every, almost everybody has, has still got some some sort of shot. Um, and and that, the middle of the pack really going to get this good um, in a big way this week. Yep, there's a couple of matchups. They're going to be going to be the ones to watch on who comes out on top. But I mean, you got to be feeling pretty good in the position you're in. I mean, obviously there's two other teams tied with you with that eight and four record, but you currently have the tiebreakers among them, sitting first place. And your next two games are against the bottom two teams in the league. I mean, just statistically, it puts you at a pretty uh, high percentage chance of finishing first overall in the regular season. Yeah, I feel uh, good with that, but I I don't know if we've had a uh, a winner of the playoffs who's ever finished first place in the regular season. I'd have to go back and look. Um, so uh, as long as I can get in the playoffs, though, that, that's all I care about. First week by would be would be great. Um, uh, so that's that's definitely the goal. But uh, but I'm feeling I'm feeling good regardless right now. Yeah, yeah. I think you're in a position where you should be feeling good. I think you're kind of on the side of things are really lining up and looking good for you and there's a few teams that are kind of on the opposite end of you know that line but um i mean we'll get to those i mean i guess we can start with uh with your matchup um just to kick things off i mean like i said you are going up against chase currently in 11th place this week the projections have you kind of running away with it and it's you know it's obvious to see why with some of the matchups you have this week with you know tom brady going up against atlanta um it could be a week where he shows up and throws five touchdowns because that defense is not really a threat to anyone. And, uh, I mean, at the risk of patting myself on the back, I mean, you've seen a lot of production from Jalen Waddle in the last few weeks. Yeah, uh, that that trade alone might be what really pushed me uh, into that upper upper tier um, when I trade with, with Mike uh, there. So I, I'm definitely – Definitely feeling good um, looking at the matchup. You're right. There are uh, some very favorable games being played uh, my way this week. Um, and I, I've got options, too, uh, down the stretch looking outside this week, too. So, um, you know, we definitely – I had, had a couple buys going on. Um, but I think, you know, if Leonard Fournette can be half as what he was last week, um, which he's playing Atlanta, I don't see how he wouldn't be. Uh, and uh, I'm feeling pretty confident. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look, you know, just uh, across the way of who Chase is rolling out this week, I mean, 
Uh, I mean, you know, there's been talk of giving Zeke like time off, some rest to get healthy because the Cowboys, I mean, still very much in the playoff hunt, but have lost some very, you know, kind of head scratcher games. And they think maybe they want to get one of their stars back closer to 100 percent. And um, like Saquon Barkley has not been close to the image of himself that we remember from a few years ago, ever since he's been fighting his way back from injury. And, um, yeah, I mean, just with those two guys leading the backfield, it's kind of hard, hard to have a lot of confidence that you're going to get big weeks from either one uh, this week. Yeah, and, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Uh, at the time, you know, Russell Wilson had, had come back, but had only been a few games back, um, and he is just not himself right now. Um, so, you know, for Chase's sake, you know, he had a, a good performance last week, uh, kind of pulling it out at the end, but that was against the worst defense in the league for quarterbacks, um, and he still only managed to put up 27 points, which, you know, you and this the way our league is laid out, you've got to – You've got to lead with a strong quarterback performance if you want to be competitive. Um, so we'll kind of just have to see how that plays out. Yeah. Uh, tough matchup um, this week um, for them, but um, not not too, too bad. I know some quarterbacks have put up some points against San Francisco. Um, we'll kind of see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I would absolutely agree with you there. As we were, I mean, I think, you know, I'm at the point to where I've seen enough of Russell Wilson, you know, back these last few weeks as I need to see that if it was, if I was in the position, like you run the risk of missing out on his big breakout game. Sure. But I, I like, I'd be tired of, you know, rolling that dice of what kind of Russell Wilson you're going to get each week when Carson Wentz is down there for Indianapolis, just doing consistency after consistency. He's not really having the yep. huge blow up games, but you kind of know what you're going to get and there's not much mystery behind it. And, I think you're much safer off with Carson Wentz and Russell Wilson at this point, especially going up against Houston. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Carson Wentz can put up some big points against Houston um, for sure, but I will say uh, he doesn't have that that big home run swing opportunity that that Russ has been able to provide in the past. Will will he be able to finally bring one of those? I don't know, but I could understand why you still start Russell um, given kind of the the – the matchups and, and to your point with with Zeke and, and Saquon and where they've been lacking, um, I could see why Russell is still kind of sitting in that top spot. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I mean, I would say Carson Wentz maybe has a Jonathan Taylor problem to where he, they don't need Carson Wentz to put up points because they have Jonathan Taylor. The Seahawks do not have a Jonathan Taylor, and so they're still putting everything on Russell Wilson's shoulder, and he just hasn't quite been himself to deliver like he's done in the past. Very true. So in the interest of, of looking ahead and trying to, you know, see down the road a little ways, I wanted to get your perspective on, you know, what's left, you know, in your matchups in the weeks to come that you're going to be one of those teams in a position to where you have just almost the burden of options because you have, you know, Hopkins who's going to be trying to come back from injury. Beckham had a touchdown in his first game at the Rams, and then you'll have the possibly split backfield of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon for Green Bay when they come off of bye. Like, how do you feel you're going to manage, like, all of these options to put a starting roster together? Yeah, it's it's one, you know, looking, I, I looked ahead to kind of see what um, the matchups are going to be, and I've got some pretty strong um, matchups in the first week of the playoffs um, and, and second week, which is why that bye would be important. Uh, those last two uh, the last round or two would be favorable. Um, so I feel good about it, but you know, AJ Dillon has really shown that he can perform well. And Aaron Jones hasn't had, you know, outside of a couple big games, he hasn't been, 
you know, this huge threat back there that, that I, I expected him to be when I drafted him, I think in the second round. Um, so that's going to be the toughest thing is to understand what Green Bay is going to be doing um, on the ground. Hopkins can, can do freakish things uh, if he's healthy. Right. Uh, but he just he's, – he's been absent for, what, six, eight weeks now? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't have any problem throwing him back in the roster um, once he's there. But at, at this point, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to manage the last couple of weeks. For sure, yeah. I mean, it's a good position to be in, having more options, you know, than not. But uh, it's still a tough spot to be, you know, even if it's the better of, you know, have the two options. For sure. But good uh, yeah, good problem to have. I was, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, looking at the lineup, I do have you know you coming out on top in this matchup, and you're trying to strengthen your your hold of that first place position. I would agree. I feel the same. Okay. We'll see here. After that, we'll go to one of the sort of like make or break matchups of the amongst the many six and six teams. We have Nick versus Rob. Nick really struggling, really hurting for a win. Four game losing streak currently. Rob just uh, won after a loss last week. And um, the projections have this one sitting pretty tight with uh, Nick 133, Rob 130. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing with Nick's roster, when I. Uh, when I faced him and when I've, I've kind of looked at it up and down, he's he's got the biggest threats, on, in my opinion, of guys who who are waiting to sit there and come out. There's not as many of them um, as you might see in, in other spots. Um, and and he's had his fair share of injury issues, um, two of which are still sitting on his bench. Um, but, you know, he's got a couple players that can really stand out. Um, Cowboys defense is one that I think – you know, when when you when you look at them, they're ranked ninth. Uh, they've had they've had a couple of good games, but they can put out freakish games. Um, and they've done it in the past, and with New Orleans um, being off and on with their offense and their defense really being the one who scores for them, I could see Dallas putting up some massive points. Um, same with uh, with Tyler Lockett. You know, that's going to depend on uh, on Russ, uh, but Joe Mixon has been nothing but unbelievable yes season. absolutely so. quietly outstanding i would say so far this year i mean you go and look at like the just the overall performances at the position i mean right now joe mixon the number two overall running back behind jonathan taylor who's you know who's running away with it now but it's a, a, a point of note that's just interesting like derrick henry is still the running back four on the season he hasn't played in like a month and he's still running back four, just to give an idea of the domination that he was, you know, just putting out for the for the Titans before he went down with his injury. I'm sure Dan's still very upset about that loss. I mean, but yeah, yeah, I think you, you certainly said it, Nick, with the, the defense of the Cowboys. They have arguably the defensive rookie of the year in Mika Parsons. They have um, Trayvon Diggs, who seems to get an interception every single game. Like they're, they're forcing forcing turnovers left and right. It's just a matter of time before, you know, a few of them get taken to the house and this could be a game where it happens. And then for, uh, like you said, for Nick players, like waiting to break out, I don't know if it would be exactly a breakout, but it could be a breakout performance or a big, big week 
for Jamal Williams, and at, and that's at the, the detriment of Rob, who has DeAndre Swift, who I do not believe is going to play after the injury he suffered last week. I mean, those are points that are currently counting towards his projection that I don't think will be there. I don't think he'll have Swift, which means he'll have to put Deontay Harris like in his flex position and move Singletary up into the running back. And when you're rolling out Kenyon Drake and Devin Singletary as you're starting running backs on a matchup, like you know, try, to try to get into the playoffs, it's not a warm, fuzzy feeling. No, uh, I could not agree more. Uh, you know, it, it it's not a position I would want to be in. Running back, it seems to be uh, at, at, as important as the quarterback scoring, you know, scoring those solid 30, 35 points minimum for you to have a good week. The running back, it seems to be where we've had the biggest uh, kind of splits on the year uh, from teams who really just pulled away. Uh, there's not a lot of, not a lot of, area for you not to score well in a running back position and still be in a, in a good spot to to win your matchup um, and you're right starting uh two less than ideal running backs um on a, um, a must win game is not ideal yeah so i mean so knowing that knowing the position that rob's in he might need help at other positions he can certainly get it from players like tyreek hill and marquise marquise brown um, can put up big receiving games but you being the beneficiary of what tua has been doing at quarterback for miami suppose kyler murray is activated and is healthy for the cardinals do you roll with a kyler murray like coming back from injury in a first game away in chicago or do you stick with what Tua has been doing in miami well, it depends. What's the weather support in Chicago? You know? <laughs> um, Chicago is one of those places that it, the weather, like Buffalo, that could eat a quarterback alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're quite there yet. Um, I, I don't know what the weather forecast is. And Kyler was so good, so good um, for mo- most of the year prior to injury. So it'd be hard not to run him out there, even though he's coming back. But he also he, he doesn't have the receiver uh, weapons confirmed yet, um, so I don't know. I, that's a that will be a very tough decision um, coming into the into the week. Yeah, something we'll definitely have to wait closer to Sunday for uh, for Rob to get a better idea of what his best option is going to be. But in um, like looking back at Nick's team, the only question I would have on his current lineup, I, maybe he's getting a little blinded by point projection. Like he has Evan Ingram for the Giants, like starting a tight end. Uh, rather than Hunter Henry, like down on the bench, and even the projections have them like two points difference. Like I just, I have so much more faith in what the 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 Patriot offense is doing as of recently compared to the Giants, where I would want nothing to do with Evan Ingram. Yeah, I mean, what what is it? Mac Jones is leading the league in completions under fifteen yards, mm-hmm. um, which is which is uh, tight end territory right there. Um, so if there's definitely a decision to make, um, we'll, we'll definitely see what Nick decides to do with it. Yeah. I mean, I can certainly understand. I mean, the past two games have been, you know, they've been absolute duds for Hunter Henry, like five points and four points, but like that was against Atlanta in a shutout. It was against Tennessee in a game where they had no offensive weapons. Like they weren't very much, he wasn't very much needed. Uh, in those games, and I think it could be a lot different, uh, you know, in this divisional matchup in Buffalo on Monday Night Football. I think this could be one where he's uh, a bit more needed than in the past. So I think I would try to, I would try to capitalize on just because he's such a such a goal line threat for Mac Jones, like you said yep. in the short passes. Yep. Yep, I would agree. Yeah. But. Yeah, I think it's gonna be hard for Rob to um to come back from um from the running back uh you know 
sort of deficit that he's in. So I'm sort of leaning Nick in this one at the moment. I would probably also lean Nick, uh, um, but we'll have to see how how the injuries uh, statuses roll out yeah. uh, on Sunday. Okay, next one, we got another guy fighting for his playoff life. We have Nate going up against Zachy. Zachy already, you know, as the previous episode said, already kind of confirmed as last place finisher, but, you know, maybe want to leave a, a bit more of, um, you know, his mark on the season than that when it's all said and done. We'll see if he makes, you know, whatever changes he needs to make before Sunday because currently he does not have a quarterback to play and will probably have a few lineup changes to make, so going to be tough to really give a fair projection and this, even with Nate, will be in the need of a, of a playable defense uh, as well. But looking out, I mean, just, you know, Nate has a, one of the better, you know, what should be a better, like, running back stack, like, with, like, um, James Robinson and Najee Harris. Najee Harris, arguably, like, rookie of the year right now with what he's been doing, you know, uh, in the backfield for Pittsburgh. Yeah, for sure. And um, same with Devontae Smith. Um, you know, he it's been a roller coaster year for him at wide receiver. Um, I know being one who had him on my roster to start the year off, um, you know, it's looking like he'll probably play this week. Um, I think he was sick last week um, and had a, a light injury. But, I, you know, Nate's, Nate's lineup, looking through it, um, I don't think it, his 6-6 six and six record is reflective of his team. Um, you know, with Aaron Rodgers being out a, a couple weeks um, for various things um, and having to start Matt Ryan, who's just having – you know, possibly the worst, if not the worst fantasy year of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's tough to see. It's, it's surprising to see Nate at six and six. Yeah, yeah, there's a, definitely a few games out there that probably could have gone um, like his way, um, you know, in, in, a, in a tight matchup. But he's definitely the, you know, the, the rookie all-star team. He's I mean, with Najee Harris, with Jamar Chase, with Devontae Smith. And far from a rookie, but still looked like he was cl- as close to his rookie rookie years as he has been. Was um, Gronkowski last week just looked yeah. fresh? He looked good, and coming up against a matchup to Atlanta, you got to be chomping at the bit for you know multiple touchdowns for him this week. Yeah, especially with Antonio Brown still out with the ankle injury. Um, you know, Tom's always going to find Gronk. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Zach, he's got a number of moves that he needs to make, some players that need to go down. I mean, he lost Debo Samuel, finally got, you know, hurt like he kind of is prone to do. He has a definitely has an injury history, and it was, you know, I said it a few weeks ago, like we're at the point of the season where you want to start sort of securing the backups for your, like, really, really key positional guys, and Debo Samuel is definitely one of those guys who was – had a, a decent percentage to go down and now he's down and that's going to be a big moment for Brandon Ayuk to step up and see if he can capture all that volume that was left behind for him. But I mean, with the changes that he needs to make and what Nate has already set ready to go, I have a hard time, you know, seeing that maybe this isn't the week that Nate turns into the highest score when Zachary's going to continue his legacy. Yeah. Uh, I have to agree with that. Uh, I'm definitely sorry, Zachy, putting, uh, putting all my, um, support over in uh, Nate's way for a win here. Okay, we'll move over to Mike and Dan. Mike, one of the, the lucky teams sitting at an 8-4 and four record. I haven't really done the necessary math to see what's going to need to happen for Dan to make the playoffs, but he's certainly still fighting uh, to do everything he can to be there at 5-7 and seven right now. He's got a long way to go, but um, 
is, I mean, it could be, you know, uh, a week that kind of falls his way with Mike dealing with significant injuries on his team. It's going to be without Kamara, without Dalvin Cook, without Darren Waller. Like, those are, like, arguably all first-round, second-round guys that he's not going to have uh, ready for him on Sunday. Yeah, um, it, it's going to be a very tough week for him. I mean, he's made the, the swaps in his lineup to, to try to do the best he can, but um, it, it's – you know, it's hard to look at an eight-four team and say that they're not really going to have a shot in, in a matchup. Um, but there's, you know, there's nothing looking overwhelming. Not to say that Dan's team isn't competitive, but there's nothing overwhelming um, looking at his his matchups this week. That I think he's, you know, you've got a chance to look at, you know, somebody putting up a huge numbers. If Jalen hurts, I, I, we assume he's going to play. He's playing, you know, the Jets. Um, who've been okay um, on defense this year against quarterbacks. Um, so he, you know, he could put out a, a good game. Um, you know, Devonta Freeman has been playing well in that running back spot um, for Baltimore with, you know, their running back carousel and injuries for the year. Um, but I can't sit here and think that he can, he's going to put up 25, 30, 35 points. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think if anyone would, so, when, when the news like, you know, was, was trickling in and out of like the Cowboys potentially wanting to to rest Zeke and then Jerry Jones coming out saying, absolutely not, Zeke's getting a full workload, he's our guy. Like Dan was probably the one to be like, yeah, sit him down, sit him down because he's been rolling yeah. Tony Pollard all year and it's it's arguably been working for him. Like it hasn't been quite what it would be on any other team trying to play like a backup running back. It's been fairly useful for him. But um, with Zeke out there, it's always going to like take away that, that upside uh, for all those goal line carries or all that receiving work that it definitely would have been to Dan's benefit if uh, Zeke got uh, his, his workload pulled back a bit. Yeah, I mean, Dan does have Michael Gallup come, or who's back, I think, in his third week back from injury. I've, I've got him in another league, um, and he, he played really well last week. So, um, you know, he'll be receiving all the benefits that his quarterback that he's going up against is going to be putting out if they can go his way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it'll be an interesting matchup. I, I don't really see. I, I don't. I don't really have an opinion on who who's going to take this one away. Uh, it can kind of go either way. Uh, I probably lean a little bit more towards Dan just because of Mike's injuries, but yeah. um, who knows. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's going to be like what player steps up and surprises you that scores more than you think is going to score. Because like you said, there's just not a lot, a lot of like big names on the team, like on Mike's side, like, you know, having to play Dallas Goddard now that Darren Waller is like down with injury, like Goddard, you know, everyone thought when, when Ertz left for Arizona that it was going to be Goddard's time to emerge. He signed like an extension on his contract and it just hasn't turned into fantasy points like these past few weeks. So there's it's hard to be excited about that one. And then like rolling out two Colts, like wide receivers, historically T Y Hilton torches the Houston Texans. Like he, like he's good for these games, like twice a year, like put it in the bank. T Y Hilton is going to drop a hundred and a score on the Texans. He just seems to do it nonstop. Even when it'll just, he'll come back from injury, play against the Texans, go off and then go back on injury. But it's hard to see like two wide receivers getting like really, you know, game winning numbers in a matchup where you presume that they're going to be running away with it against, you know, the, yep. the downtrodden Texans. So, yeah, like you said, it's kind of a draw right down the middle. I do lean Dan's side as well, just with the possible upside with a few of his players a bit more um, than Mike. And with like Amari Cooper, I know like they said he will be eligible to play. He's off like the COVID restrictions, but 
I don't think he plays tonight, particularly because it's a Thursday night game. I just people coming back from COVID, like it's a, it, you know, it is a respiratory disease. It makes you, it makes it a little bit harder to breathe. So he's probably winded easier. He's not going to be quite ready to go. And we saw Gallup be the, you know, beneficiary of not having Cooper on the field last week. Really stepped up for all that receiving work. So I think it could be another big week for Gallup, like you said. Okay, so the last two we'll do we'll do Randall and Tommy, sort of a battle at the top. Randall at eight and four, Tommy at seven and five, both trying to win and get closer to that first round bye potential in the playoffs. And we have it's you know it's an all star matchup at quarterback. It's Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. I mean, it could really be like you know either one of those guys could be the. I mean, Mahomes is going to do it more on the air. Lamar Jackson is going to do it more on the ground and. You know, it's anyone's guess, like, what kind of performance you're going to get from either either one of them, you know, week to week, particularly like Mahomes this week. He was leading the league in interceptions at one point in time, which was not the Mahomes that everyone remembered from, you know, the past two years. No, I think we can use out of that. The Okay, from there we'll move to a matchup between two of the teams sitting, you know, closer to the top of the standings. Randall, the last eight and four team, going up against Tommy, sitting at seven and five. Both of these teams, um, you know, hoping to get a win this week and get a little bit closer to one of those first round buys in the playoffs. And it's going to start, you know, with the superstar matchup at quarterback with a uh, Mahomes for Randall going up against Lamar Jackson for Tommy. Yeah, I mean, what else could you ask for with those two quarterbacks um you know with pat mahomes having a little rough part of the middle beginning part of the season um and lamar being lamar um it's going to be a really good matchup between the two yeah yeah for sure i'm sure you know randall probably hoping that um uh running back williams in kansas city catches a few touchdowns from mahomes that he can double dip on those points uh you know in what's you know for kansas city any game could be could be a high scoring game but um, like for Tommy, he's been he's he's always been sort of sitting like the the team is lying in wait. He has all the opportunity waiting to unfold if things go his way. And this could be a week where a lot of that really happens uh, the way he planned out. Like he went and he you know he got Alexander Madison. I think he's had him for a little while now, knowing that he's one of the better backups in the league. And uh, sure enough, Dalvin Cook is down for what looks like it could be two weeks after separating his shoulder last week. And he has uh, Brandon Ayuk, who he's played for the past few weeks, went and got him when he started to look like, you know, his old self again. And now that Debo Samuel's down, all that receiving work's going to go uh, Ayuk's way. And, you know, Tommy is all in on the 49ers with a running back, a receiver, and a tight end, you know, all, you know, lining up, uh, hoping to get some action from uh, from Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and that's both good and can be bad. I mean, depending on how well uh, the 49ers play against Seattle, if there's only a few points to be scored – and you're you're passing that around three different guys. Uh, it's not always the best from a point standpoint. Um, however, the opposite could be true if 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 San Francisco puts up a big game um, this weekend, then he could be seeing a lot of points come his way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we saw you know the the Washington you know team. They didn't really you know blow Seattle out by any means, but they they were able to score. This is not the defense that it once was. You can certainly put points on them. Granted, they are having to travel to Seattle for this game, so it's always a tough environment to play in. I mean, but like you said, if uh, if the 
San Francisco like puts a lot of points on the board. Either it's going to go to each and every one of these guys, or it's all going to go to one of these guys. In both situations, Tommy probably walks away happy. And but uh, yeah, it's just going to be how that game goes is going to really determine Tommy's success. And then like the few other matchups, like I I do, I do think Alexander Madison is going to just destroy the the Detroit Lions this week. I think he's going to get at least thirty points. Um, if I had to, you know, put put a number on it. And but for for his receivers, it's a bit more uncertain. I mean, what's, you know, Stefan Diggs going up against New England, New England famous for taking away a team's number one option. And it's hard to argue that Diggs is that for, um, for the Bills. And uh, Darnell Mooney for Chicago, who, like, I, I really like him as a player. I think he's fun to watch. He's, he's a, you know, he's very, very fast. He's one of those players you get a ball in his hand. He can make magic happen. But with Allen Robinson not there, he's definitely excelled into that number one receiver role. But Arizona is a, is a tough matchup for him. Yeah, not to mention that Justin Fields has not been um, overly impressive so far in his first couple of games. He's had flashes of it, but you know, I, I wouldn't be putting all my eggs in a in a Bears receiver basket right now. Yeah, certainly not. Certainly not. And uh, for Randall, you know, he's got you know the the number one receiver on the year still. Like Cooper Cup for the Rams has been you know doing ridiculous things. Even the like last week, he was one of the few receivers that did not catch a touchdown, still walked away with like. 97 yards and that's about as bad as it gets for Cooper Cup it seems uh, on the season and then uh, Keenan Allen finally stepped back up into his and his number one receiver role after Mike Williams really took the shine away from him at the start of the season yeah and um, not to mention I don't know if Odell um, is going to be fully clear to play um, this this week either so I think it's going to be a giant Cooper Cup show once again yeah um, in Jacksonville yeah or in, in LA against Jacksonville. Yeah. Randall certainly hoping that a little bit of that finds its way to the tight end Higby that he'll be on right now having his lineup as well. But I think who you could see getting a lot more volume than he's, you know, been getting already is uh, like Hunter Renfro um, for the Raiders. Like, you know, he really stepped up when um, Henry Ruggs, uh, you know, was um, departed from the team. And now that Darren Waller's gone, like there are not a lot of people to throw the ball to on that team. And Renfro is the textbook, you know, uh, underneath guy, I think he could see you know ten plus catches. He might not you know have a huge you know touchdown game or yardage game, but he's going to get uh, his hands on the ball a lot in this matchup. Yeah, um, he's definitely he definitely stepped up last week. What he put up 100, 134 yards, um, thirty four points. Probably his biggest fantasy day of his career. Um, but I watched some of that game and he looked like the guy. Mm-hmm. He looked like the guy in charge. Um, and I I do think. Man, looking at this matchup, I'm looking at the two teams and just the names out here. This should be the highest scoring matchup of the week. It never seems to play out that way. Right. But I, I feel like both of these teams could throw up some nasty, nasty points. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I don't know. I don't know what what kind of person like Jimmy Garoppolo um, is like is internally, but I know like the 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 rumors have already started swirling that you know this. After this year, the 49ers are going to part with him. Like they're going to go all in on Trey Lance. He's their guy of the future. They're going to send Jimmy G off to wherever. So I don't know if he's the kind of person where that lights a fire under him and makes him play out of his mind, or if he's the kind of person where he can't get it out of his head and he starts to starts to choke. So I think, you know, again, Tommy's success is going to hinge on the 49ers. I think against Seattle is a good chance for them to put up real points, but I am nervous for how successful that game plan unfolds for him. Yeah, I, if I had to pick here, I'd probably go Randall, um, but I'm just hoping this is a 200-plus points on both sides bloodbath. 
Yeah, it certainly could be. I think it would be, I wouldn't be surprised to see like Tommy might be going back and forth on his decision of what to do at defense. Like obviously you look at who he has, the Rams against Jacksonville is a smash play. Like you, there's no doubt about that. But when you look down and see that he also has the Dolphins playing the Giants, the Dolphins, you know, as a whole, they've been playing really good football lately. And it looks like right now the Giants won't have Daniel Jones with a potential neck injury, which means Mike Glennon would be starting under quarterback, and he has not won an NFL football game since 2017. Yeah, um, and then when you look at what the Dolphins were able to do last week at the expense of Cam Newton, um, who I think wound up getting benched in that game, um, yeah, it would be hard not to slide uh, Miami into that, that defensive slot. But again, to your point, the Rams are playing Jacksonville, who have been abysmal on offense and on defense this year. Um, so it's a t- tough decision to make. But again, one of those that it's a good decision to have to make. Yeah, I would say Tommy definitely has more of those decisions to make than Randall does. I think Randall's lineup is pretty uh, locked in where it needs to be. But with Tommy, like he, you know, he has Damian Harris for, for New England, and it's definitely turned into like a two-headed monster, the running, the running back room in New England with him and Ramondre uh, Stevenson. I mean, but... If they're putting up points against Buffalo, he's definitely could be their goal line guy. Justin Herbert, we know, can finish as the quarterback one any given week. Cincinnati put up a bunch of points on Pittsburgh, so that might be a high-scoring game as well. And so, I mean, there's just going to be a few decisions that um, I don't know if we'll see any tinkering uh, from Tommy before game time on Sunday. Yeah, um, it'll be a good matchup. I'm still going to call it matchup of the week here. All right, we'll look for some big points coming out of that one. And then lastly, we will do my own matchup, another one that has heavy, heavy playoff implications. I may or may not be tilting or suffering from analysis paralysis on my own, you know, part of this, but it's me against Blue, both at six and six, both desperately needing a win to keep the season alive. And yeah, like I'm like with so much happening with the game tonight with the Saints versus the Cowboys, I've been racking my brain for the past few hours of what I'm going to do. Yeah, you're in a tough spot, but first, I just want to give massive credit to Blue here, who started the season not knowing what the hell was going on, how to how to run a fantasy football team. You thought for sure that he'd be sitting at Waffle House, uh, and that man's got himself up to six and six, and is playing for the playoffs. Uh, bravo, Blue. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, all credit where credit is due. He has won five of his last six to put him in this position, so he is certainly on a tear uh, at the moment, and you know, if you want to see or if you want to find out why, you don't really got to look much further than, than Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you know, credit to him. He got him on his team. But, you know, he's been, you know, far and away the new running back one. He's an absolute beast on the ground. He is, you know, he's he's game script proof. He can catch the ball as well as he can run the ball. And he, the, he's the only guy that uh, the Colts really need uh, week in, week out, it seems. Yeah, it's one of those that when you, when you pull up somebody's uh... – uh, stat line for the year and damn near every single game has an asterisk next to it from bonus points uh it, it's something special and, and that's that's kind of what he's been doing um so far and I'm, I'm glad i don't have to play him yet yeah i mean you know like we know that injuries happen every year but if you go back and look at like um like the draft as it happened if you look at those top tier running backs as it came off like you know Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin, like all these guys have missed time and missed extensive amounts of time 
And Jonathan Taylor has been, you know, free from that. And that's what's helped him excel. But also his performance, he's just ascended to this next level runner. I think what was last year was his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's hard not to imagine that uh, you're not looking at, you know, next year's, you know, first overall pick uh, in the draft and Jonathan Taylor right now, what he's doing. Yeah, um, I would have to agree. Yeah, so obviously I'm terrified of that matchup with him playing Houston. Last time he played Houston, he had like over 135 yards and a touchdown. So you have to assume at least no, 145 and two touchdowns. Excuse me for underselling Jonathan Taylor's performance. But so he's going to be, you know, incredible against the Texans. James Conner has, you know, right behind Jonathan Taylor, the most rushing touchdowns on the year playing Chicago, a game where they could be ahead and really, you know, grinding the ball on the ground. So a good matchup there. The last times Mike Evans played Atlanta, I think he caught two touchdowns. You know, he has Matt Stafford going up. I mean, there, there's a lot of good things happening for Blue, and I don't like it. Yeah, I would I would be scared if I was you. Um, also, looking at your, your lineup, there's a lot of cues next to a lot of names um, and, and your starting lineup there. I, I, I think most of them um, have a good shot at playing. You might have a couple roster decisions to have to make a little close to game time. But, yeah, there's a lot of favorable matchups leaning blues way and even though surprisingly he's favored uh or you are favored this week um you know blue has made it i'm looking through his team he's made a very solid team for this year Mm -hmm. um you know there's a couple question marks in there for some guys who should be putting up more solid numbers kyle pitts you know he's had a couple big games but he also unfortunately has matt ryan throwing to him right now um he is due if you want to call it that and tampa is a spot that he could um, show up, um, but I wouldn't necessarily lean over and think that he's going to be tight end one um, this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some really good matchups looking in his favor. Mike Evans, um, it's basically going to be a him and a Gronk and uh, show over uh, in Atlanta this week. Um, I, I, I've got to be honest, I'd be a little worried if I was you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to not be, like you said. I mean, but like you know, I'm I'm leaning on hope that you know that Stafford doesn't need to throw four touchdowns against Jacksonville. That I mean, Van Jefferson, you know, is is the the long bomb guy that he, that that just doesn't hit this week. You know, that's a bit of a roll of the dice. Kyle Pitts. It's kind of hard to even gauge Kyle Pitts because like you know, obviously he is a tight end, but like he's not played like a tight end, and defenses don't treat him like a tight end. They treat him like a wide receiver. And currently, he's the wide receiver one for the Falcons. So he's like, since Ridley went out, he's been seeing all the top tier coverage, and his game has been suffering because of it. So all I have to hope on that that is going to continue. And obviously, like Blue's going to be without J.D. McKissick on uh, Sunday, most likely. He's probably going to still be in concussion protocol, which means he'll have to play Corey Davis from the Jets. So never really anyone's you know greatest confidence move playing anyone from the Jets, but. This being a half PPR league, you know, you can wind up with, you know, a, like a decent 10, 12 point fantasy game just from like a handful of touches. Sure. But what I'm leaning on is because, you know, partly because J.D. McKissick won't be out there is that I'm hoping all of that, you know, usual receiving volume. Like last week, you go look at what Antonio Gibson did, you know, against Seattle. He had a tremendous rushing game, but there were two, there were two you know, touchdowns scored by a running back on the Washington football team, and neither one was by Antonio Gibson. They were both by J.D. McKissick. He would just kind of come in and vulture those touchdowns away. If you put those touchdowns on Gibson, then he has, you know, one of the, you know, like a week winning, winning performance. He has one of the best running back performances of the week. Yeah, that would definitely be something that could 
really boost um, kind of the, the projections a little bit more in your way too. Um, I know they won't make adjustments, but you're absolutely right. If McKissick is out, assuming he will be, um, Gibson will be in line for a much bigger game than, than 15 points, um, you would think, um, especially with a matchup against uh, the Raiders, um, a good team, but nothing overwhelming. Um, you could definitely see a, a, a big breakout there. Um, is DK, is he going to be able to play? Um, this week yeah dk's been carrying that questionable he has like a foot or a shin or something like he's been he's had it all year like they usually they'll give him a day off of rest and then he'll play on sunday and it's been it's been yeah believe me i've been monitoring it week after week and it's just part of the game uh with him it's just he's been carrying it all year well he's gonna need russell to to show up um and put some points back up on the board um you know him being he used to be a top three top five uh, receiver in the league he needs to show up like one um you know fortunately you still got uh justin jefferson um a t- some touches have been leaning back towards uh Thielen the last couple weeks but that's not really been hurting jefferson except for last week um he still put up monster games another guy with a lot of asterisks um in his stat line um so you you've got some some players in there that can show up and show up big um, but again, Blue's got you know the scariest player in the league right now um, in the running back position. Stafford has played extremely well, and he's going up against Jacksonville. Um, you know, I and <laughs> we've seen what defenses have scored while playing Atlanta. Yep. Um, unfortunately, so. yeah, that's the other one. I think the Buccaneers scored two defensive touchdowns last time they played Atlanta. So hopefully that doesn't happen. You know, for my sake and for the city of Atlanta's sake again, but. I mean, I did see, like, you know, Russell Wilson came out and said, like, after the game last Sunday that, like, that they need to get DK more involved. And the last time something like that was said was when it was said about Justin Jefferson on the Vikings. And then they did immediately that. They just started just funneling volume towards him. So hopefully Russ starts forcing a bit more, uh, you know, passes his way to get him a bit more involved. And then, yeah, but like you said, I'm sitting on a lot of question marks and it's question marks on like on the sheet and question marks in my head of what to do. Like now that like Kamara has been ruled out, like I have Ingram back in the lineup because he's been solid as the lead guy in New Orleans. But it comes at the you know, it comes at the cost of sitting uh, David Montgomery like in his place, who hasn't quite been as stellar as I hoped he would be coming back from injury and has a tough matchup of his own against Arizona. And then you got, well, I mean, I'm looking at uh, whether to play, you know, coming back from injury, Logan Thomas also on the football team or to play uh, Dalton Schultz on the Cowboys. And, like, Cooper will be out. Schultz got a touchdown last week. But I just have a hard time trusting the drop in volume that Schultz has seen, like, uh, since, like, their, since their bye week. I think I might take the shot for, like, having, like, the big monster tight end game um, that maybe Logan Thomas can produce against a weak Las Vegas secondary. Yeah, that was going to be my question to you. Um, Dalton has had those – he had those huge games at the beginning of the season, but that was when there was a lot of question marks up in the air. I think Dak was out of one of those games. Um, you know, they were missing um, half the receiving core uh, at the time, and he stepped up. Now with that back, he, he definitely slowed down, to your point. He's lost targets. I've got him in my other fantasy league, um, and I did not start him last week um, uh, against the Raiders, but – I think you're right. I think if you're looking for chances to make up points, um, I like the idea of Logan Thomas because what he's you know capable of um, and what 
you know, the amount of targets that he can bring in with there not being a huge receiving core over in Washington. Um, I like the idea of, of leaning on the upside there. Right, yeah, a bit bit more of of, a, of an athletic figure uh, going up against a team who can probably put up a few more points. And, like, I don't trust the Saints. I mean, it's kind of hard. I don't trust the Saints to put up a lot of points, but I'm playing a Saints player who I hope scores a lot of points. So it's kind of six one, half dozen the other. But it's going to be a bit of a gamble. Hopefully it pays off. And also, like, the Cowboys – uh, playing tonight, they don't have their coach, Mike McCarthy. Like, he's in COVID protocol. There's a lot of staff on the Cowboys that aren't going to be at this game, and I don't know how much of an effect it's going to be. I don't even know who their play caller is going to be. I think I saw it might be Dan Quinn that might step up into the head coaching role just because, you know, that's where he came from before he was with Dallas, so that makes some sense, but I don't know what effect that's going to have on the Cowboys, if any. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to see how the game plays out tonight. Um, and I, I think, you know, looking at these two, my gut says blue. I think upside-wise, I, I think you've got the opportunity in there for it, but I still – I can't – I just can't go against Jonathan Taylor um, and Matt Stafford right now. Um, and then blue getting the opportunity to have two players playing against Atlanta. Um you're, you've got it. You've got your work cut out for you this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you don't you don't get the glory without you know going through some trial and uh, tribulation. So maybe this will be just like that last hurdle. I really got to get over, you know, to get above five hundred and have a shot, you know, just to make some noise uh, in the playoffs. Is all I'm hoping for because, like, I, you know, I like you. Like, I look ahead. I see like what matchups would be good. What like what would the rest of the season look like? And man, there's some good matchups in the playoffs. If I can just get there, if I can just get there. Well, I, I, best of luck to you, sir. I hope I don't see you in the playoffs. I never like uh, put, put having any matchup against you. Um, I was very fortunate to, to squeak by. By I think literally um, Tom Brady taking a knee is what put me over the edge to get my last points against you. Um, <laughs> so uh, selfishly, i um, big time rooting for Blue in this one. Even though, I don't know, having a team that's running off, you know, what you say, five out of six, yep. six out of seven? Uh, Blues a scary team right now. Absolutely, yeah, and I'm I'm staring down the barrel of them. So we'll see who comes out on top. But I mean that you know th- that'll do it for us. I guess us through the last one again. Thank you so much for hopping on. It's always good to have a little bit of back and forth, and hopefully the three to four people you know who listen each week <laughs> uh, enjoy it too. Hey, you know what? You need to give yourself a little more credit. I think most of the guys on the team had you in our top three in our Spotify for our Spotify rap. So props to you. Uh, thanks again for putting on this podcast. It's always a fun listen, um, but I am going to go back into enjoying my Oreos. Please do so, and uh, good luck to you on your matchups this week, and hopefully I'll see you in the playoffs.